black thing go from left to right, and I thought, I'm going to die out here. No one's ever going to know. I couldn't believe what my eyeballs were showing me. I'll never forget how evil the eyes were. It was horrible. I mean, I've never seen nothing that evil. It ran towards me at a, at a rate that I, I, I can't even explain. Turned and stared at me. And this look of, I just want to kill you. I want to say it was human, but it wasn't. He was, he, was, he was yelling at me to grab a gun, grab a gun. I was like, for what? He said, just grab a gun. And there's footprints all the way to the door of my house. It had went inside my garage all the way to the door. 
and it's kind of like on the tail end of the Hoosier National Forest. Um, so, I mean, a lot of woods out that way. So I went out there, um, you know, with the intentions of hanging out. They had a little area there. You went across a dam, and uh, there was a big hill there. And there was a nice, beautiful lake. And, you know, like I said, this was late November. It wasn't a soul in the whole forest, pitch dark. So, uh, you know, we get out, I build a fire, and, you know, just nice, uh, crystal cold. It was a beautiful night. All the stars were out. You know, we was having a good time. And, uh, you know, I was cooking some hot dogs, and uh, you know, I brought a couple beers with me. You know, just a bored uh, man finding something to do instead of sitting, uh, you know, at home watching TV every night. So uh, his other dog comes up, you know, and it was like a, uh, a mix between a beagle and a blue tick hound. And uh, he just come out of nowhere, and he started playing around with Buddy, and, you know, they wasn't going far or nothing, you know, around the campfire. And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, looking into the fire, thinking, you know, am I going to get called back to my job, and am I going to have to find another job, you know. You know, it kind of disrupting and laid off. So, um, it was all of a sudden, man, up on this big hill, I started hearing uh, this loud crashing noise. You know, I mean, the best I can describe it, you know, like I say, right out of a a nice, uh, quiet night and not a sound going on, and here's this, you know, coming down this hill at a a fast rate of speed. Yeah, I'm like, damn, what is that? And uh, he's coming, it's getting louder and louder, trees breaking, branches breaking. It, 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 I'm just uh, sitting on this picnic table by the fire. I'm just froze, man. I, you know, looking in that direction, going, man, what in the hell is this coming down this hill? And uh, I mean, all the way down in this big tree. You know, where the forest ended right there, where they had the little cutout there, and they had a few campgrounds there, you know, like four or five camp areas. It was a remote camping, and that was it. And then, like I said, the the, the rock rolled back across the dam. So there was a big tree there, about 20 feet up the hill, and he stopped behind that tree. And a Buddy and his other dog went up there about 10 feet from the tree, and they sat down and just stared up at the tree. So, so uh, you know, I'm still froze you know, on the picnic table, you know, trying to figure out what this thing is. And then I hear him breathing. And, and uh, it was a real uh, guttural, um, you know, like the dude uh, had a bad case of asthma. Like it was like, you know, I like yeah, and uh, I was like, "Holy cow, man! I mean, what is this thing, man?" And uh, you know, so I snapped back uh, the reality, and uh, you know, I was in the Navy ten years, and uh, you know, I'm pretty good at defending myself, and uh, I, I, I never shy away from a fight if I had to. And you know, I was like, "Man, I got to get serious here," and so I started screaming for Buddy. I'm like, "Buddy, Buddy!" And he wouldn't even turn around, and, and here's this dog I had for uh, 16 years uh, before he passed, and he wouldn't even turn around. I mean, he was my boy, my partner. You know, we had more encounters after this together, but this was our first one together. And uh, he's just sitting there looking up at the tree, and you know, I'm screaming, man. And I'm like, man, I'm going to have to do something. So my car was parked right there, uh, about five feet from the picnic table and the fire I had going. And I reached in there, and I had a Colt 45 in there. So, so I cocked it and put it around in the chamber, and I pointed it up to the tree. And, and I go, hey, look, uh, I don't know what you are or who you are up there. I go, I don't want no trouble from you. I go, uh, you come around that tree and mess with me and my dog, you know, I'm going to have to put some of this lead in you. I go, I'm armed. Uh, I go, I will use it. And uh, yeah, he's still up there. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, 
like almost uh, feel this vibration from him breathing. You know, I'm only like uh, 15, 20 feet away from him. And uh, just, I'm still calling Buddy, man. So I'm like, man, holy, uh, I mean, I got to get my dog, man, and get out of here quick. So, so I inch my way up to Buddy, you know, the whole time trying to get him to come. And, uh, yeah, I'm afraid to look up at the tree. I don't even want to see what this thing is. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I had no idea what this thing was, and I still had my gun pointed up there. And I, I'm like, hey, look, I don't want no trouble. I go, please, man. I go, uh, uh, don't come around that tree. And I finally get up to Buddy, and I put my uh, left arm around him. You know, and I'm right-handed, and uh, Buddy's uh, about a 125-pound dog. He was a chow, uh, mixed golden retriever. And he looked like a big teddy bear. Uh, I mean, just a great dog. And uh, since I'm trying to grab him, man, get some leverage on him, I'm still aiming my gun up at the tree, you know, trying to watch it. If this thing's going to come around, uh, you know, it's a pretty vulnerable uh, spot right there, you know, actually 10 feet from the uh, creature. Since I finally get Buddy, and I back up to the car, and I throw him in the car, and uh, I jump in, and I back up to the uh, end of the dam area, and I notice I love my cooler and my cigarettes and everything up there. And, uh, it, it, you know, I, mean, I was shaking, man. I was nervous as hell. I go, man, I need a cigarette bed. And I was out in the middle of nowhere. So, so I'm like, man, sorry. I mean, as scared as I was, I'm like, I'm going back up there and getting that. So, so uh, you know, I backed out that way. So, so when I went back up to the table, I hit my brights. And uh, I did look up at the tree this time. Yeah, and I seen a big, uh, uh, what looked like a left hand and a forearm, and uh, it had big old uh, black uh, fingers that looked like cigars, and the fingernails were uh, black. Yeah, I mean, it was just big old ugly fingers, and it had hair on them. The hair was hanging off, and he got hairier as it went up his forearm, and it was a huge forearm. Yeah, I mean, he's man. Uh, you know, and the hair was hanging off of the arm. You know, that's about all I seen of it. Yeah, I, uh, again, I didn't want to look up any higher, man, and uh, look at this dude's face. So, so uh, I jump out and again. I had my gun out. I'm like, I'm just getting my stuff, man. And yeah, uh, I looked over the direction, and that poor dog was still there uh, looking up there. Yeah, and I know I should have probably tried to get him, uh, but again, you know, I was pushing my luck, man. I mean, I was fearing for my life, and uh, yeah, I really didn't want to jeopardize, you know, dying that night, man, over a stray dog. So, so I thought I made the wise decision, man, and I got back in my car, and I took back up, went up the dam, and I got out of the forest. And then on the way home, I was about an hour from my house. You know, and on the way home, you know, it all set in, man. And, uh, you know, the Patterson film, the legend of Boggy Creek, you know, all this stuff I seen when I was a teenager. You know, like I was telling you, I seen uh, the Patterson film on the Johnny Carson show. And it was really huge to be on that show uh, back then. You know, you only had three TV stations. And uh, that was some big time stuff there, and uh, so it all started coming together. I'm like, hey, I'm like, these things are real. I mean, uh, you know, that's the only thing that thing could have been. And uh, you know, so, so I decided, uh, you know, from that day on, uh, I'm going to find out what these things are all about. I'm going to get out in the woods as much as I can, and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since that night. Does it worry you going back out there? Oh, no, it, it doesn't worry me at all. Uh, you know, some people may be uh, afraid of and think they're uh, killers or monsters, but uh, I don't. I've uh, I've had a lot of encounters. I've seen a lot of them, and, and uh, I used to be scared of them, man. But until I got to know them, and I, no, I don't fear them at all now. I don't carry guns. 
you know, I do carry a knife, uh, but uh, that's more for uh, you know, other predators. Yeah, like I said, I truly believe uh, the poorest guys uh, will not harm me. I mean, that first incident in Parnan, he could have come around that tree and had me for a late-night snack. I mean, that's how big his rascal was coming down off that hill. I will never forget that night. So I, so I started piecing that together. I'm like, well, and then I had another incident. And if you want, I'll tell you about the, the next incident. This really sealed my uh, faith and integrity into these people that uh, they're not going to hurt me or harm me. Yeah, you know, after this, my second encounter, I'm going to tell you about. And okay. if you like, I'll get into it. Yeah, go ahead, Greg. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, about three years passed uh, since the Ferdinand charge. You know, I always put a name on my uh, incidents or encounters. Yeah, uh, yeah, way I can keep them in order and whatnot. And uh, this next one I call this one the uh, Knife Stone Stowdown. This is a trail here in uh, southern Indiana, and it stretches about 60 miles or so uh, through uh, you know the knobs and hills of a beautiful southern Indiana. And uh, again, this is in November. And uh, I was working at this time, but uh, I got off a of T30 every day. So we were, uh, about two or three times a week, me and Buddy would take a walk uh, out there on the knob stone. So, uh, so uh, this one particular November day, it was a little uh, uh, later than what I wanted to get out, but it was probably around 5 o'clock, 5.30. And, and I usually walked about two and a half miles uh, down this one part and then turned around and come back. Yeah, in the fall here in Indiana, it gets dark about 6.30 or earlier sometimes. So uh, we got into about the two-and-a-half-mile mark, and uh, it was just getting, uh, I mean, it wasn't dark. Uh, I'd say dusk. I mean, it's still pretty light, but uh, it's always dark in the woods. So we sat down, I got his water bowl out, and I gave him some water, and uh, yeah, I got my water out, and... We were sitting down uh, right there on the trail by a tree, and this little buck comes walking by, and uh, he was a little bitty guy, and uh, I remember seeing the uh, the velvet velour, whatever they call it, on his uh, rock coming up. I mean, every little bitty rock, you know, uh, you know, young, proud-looking buck. I was like, look at that, buddy. He didn't even see us, and uh, I go, isn't that beautiful? I go, this is what we come out here for, and. You know, he's giving me the last thing, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we, we just love seeing stuff like that. And, uh, you know, best I can describe it, man, there's a big uh, wall of uh, vegetation there, like honeysuckle and uh, ivy and stuff. You know, stuff that you know, normally stays green in the winter. And, and he went behind that, you know, it was like going behind a building, and that was it. So, you know, we thought, you know, well, we're seeing that. It was cool. And then all of a sudden, uh, all hell broke loose uh, over there. Branches were breaking, uh, big heavy footsteps. Uh, it, it, you know, buddy's ears were up. Uh, like, man, what's going on? I mean, uh, I'm out in the woods a lot. I've never heard such a ruckus, man. And uh, all of a sudden, this uh, little buck comes shooting out, you know, horizontal. Uh, then he hits the ground and jumps back up horizontal. I mean, this thing was flying. And it looked like he got shot out of a cannon. Yeah, me and Buddy's watching him uh, flying down through the ravine. So, so then all of a sudden it says then, and you know, like I say, Buddy's my best friend. I always talk to him, and and uh, I'm like, man, I wonder what scared that little feller. And uh, about that time, you know, I was kneeled down. I, I put his uh, his leash on his collar. Sometimes he likes chasing uh, wild animals like that. He had a bad habit of doing that. And so I was chaining him up, and his head went from left from the deer, and it went right. You know, as I was looking down, uh, hooking him up, and all of a sudden, you know, his hair come up on his back, and he started, uh, I mean, real ferocious. I was like, holy shit, man. And so I slowly look up, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting to see this, man. 
But right there where I was telling you earlier about the ivy wall there, well, there was two, uh, two uh, Sasquatch people standing there uh, about a foot out from the wall there. And uh, your buddy was going nuts, man, trying to, you know, wanting to attack him. As I stand up and uh, I'm holding Buddy back, and uh, I was looking from uh, you know, the person, and he's on the left, and the, and the next one's on the right. And uh, I was 30 feet from him, uh, you know, 30 to 70 feet, it was hard to estimate, maybe 35, 40. I mean, it was pretty close. I really wasn't thinking distance at the time. Yeah, I looked over, uh, like I said, the, the red one, and he, uh, the best way to describe this guy, he was, uh, I mean, I've seen a picture of uh, Geronimo, a real old picture of him, an Indian chief, and he almost looked like him. Yeah, he had a leather skin, and his, uh, the top of his head, his, uh, his hair was... Uh, you know, you know, his hairline was almost uh, in the middle of his head. He looked like a real old man, but he was very big. He was probably six ten, seven feet, you know, real muscular, and he had a, a I mean, a real nice, like a Labrador Retriever, uh, you know, that kind of golden red hair, and uh, I mean, pretty big, pretty big chest, pretty big shoulders. Yeah, I didn't look too much down past their, uh, you know, their chest there. I was looking mainly in their eyes. So, so I turned to the, the one on the right, and uh, this guy here was a black one. And the best way I can uh, uh, tell you about him, he looked like King Kong. He, he was a little taller than the red one, but it wasn't that much taller. He might have been seven one, seven two. Cause it looked like he was only like three or four inches bigger than the, than the red one, but he had a real uh, bushy hairline right over his eyes, and uh, his eyes were uh, uh, deeper set in his head, and uh, he had like a black mustache, and his uh, the color of his skin uh, was like a, a white color uh, a black man's skin, you know, I mean not real dark, uh, you know, kind of like that color. Yeah, I mean, and he had that hair all around his face. Uh, it was kind of hard to see his face. Yeah, I mean, he was real hairy, hairier than, like I said, than the red one. And so I'm looking at him, and I go back to the red one, and I notice uh, they're looking down at Buddy uh, more than they're looking at me. And I'm still, you know, restraining Buddy, uh, you know, trying to tell him to shut up and, you know, trying to, you know, uh, figure out what in the hell's going on right here. I mean, it was, it was so real. It was like being in a dream. Uh, it, yeah, it was, it was kind of hard to, uh, you know, all the emotions and everything flowing to me. You know, I was scared. Uh, my adrenaline was flowing. I was excited. Uh, I thought I was probably going to die. I mean, all this was going through my head and, uh, you know, I'm trying to figure out uh, how to get out of this, you know, uh, with my life and with Buddy's life. And so, uh, again, uh, my Navy uh, background kicked in, and I've always been taught, you know, back in my Navy days, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, uh, you know, even if you're unarmed, uh, don't let your enemy know you're scared of them. Look them in the eye. You let them know that you're in charge out here and you're going to win. And that's the way it's going to be. So, so uh, you know, believe it or not, you know, I mean, I took control. Uh, you know, I casually reached down. I put the bow back in the backpack. Yeah, you know, so I slung it over my shoulder. And uh, you know, I, I kind of said, uh, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, we're not on the menu tonight. Uh, and I looked down at Buddy. Yeah, I said, buddy, uh, I said, if we got to fight them, you take the red one, I'll take the black one, man, and if we don't make it, I'll see you in heaven, buddy. And, yeah, I really meant that. Um, so I said, come on, let's get out of here, man. I mean, this is probably a four or five minute stare down. That's why I call it the stare down on Obstone Trail. So uh, yeah, I tugged on buddy, and we started walking down the trail.
and it curved over to the left. So uh, uh, the whole time, you know, I'm looking at them, you know, uh, like, okay, man, when are they going to come at us? And I was looking around for logs, rocks, whatever I could get for a weapon. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have anything. Just Buddy, and I'm sure they probably would have ripped him apart. So um, we go around the turn, and, and I lost sight of him. So, so, so uh, again, being a military man, I'm like, well, I'm like, well, they're probably gonna come around the right here and uh, flank me. They think I'm gonna be looking to the left, so, so they're probably gonna come out of the right. So, so the whole two and a half miles back, I mean, I was a nervous wreck. It was almost getting totally dark. We didn't have a flashlight, and uh, you know, luckily I was on a trail. I probably would have got lost. So, so uh, I didn't hear him coming. I never heard him again. And, and, and then again, uh, same thing on the way home. Yeah, yeah, I was freaking out. I'm like, well, I ain't telling nobody this. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought I was crazy after the first one. I was trying to tell them. And I go, man, I've seen two of them, you know, right there in front of me. Uh, yeah, they were real. I know what they look like. I know everything. And they were standing there, and they didn't growl, and I didn't smell them or you know, none of that stuff you hear. I mean, they acted like a, a perfect gentleman. I mean, they didn't have to come around that ivy. They could have stayed back here. I never would have seen them. They stepped out uh, from that ivy. They wanted me to see them. And uh, I think they really liked me because I didn't let Buddy loose on them. I didn't show any aggression. Uh, I stood up to them. I didn't act like a, a little a whimpering uh, scaredy cat running off and screaming. You know, I stood there and I stood my ground, man, and I looked them in the eyes, and I didn't back down. And uh, from that day on, uh, it, I mean, it's been a roller coaster ride with them since then, uh, because I think I think that day that they figured out who I was. How far away from you was the creatures? Well, like I said, uh, the the two, uh, the red and the black one. Uh, I'd guess them eight to uh, thirty-five to seventy, seventy-five feet. Yeah, I tried to go back through there again, but they have logged that area now, so uh, that part of the trail has been wiped out. But, but uh, you know, I mean, I'll just say 50 feet to be on the safe side, so, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good uh, short distance. Yeah, that is. That's really close. And as far as the face goes, if someone were to ask you what you saw, let's say the term Sasquatch doesn't exist, um, how would you describe it to him? I know you did a great job describing those two, those two that you saw. My question though is more towards: Would you say it's more human-like, or would you say it's more animal-like? How would you describe the the faces that you saw? Uh, I would uh, I would describe them as a uh, some type of uh, tribal people. I mean, yeah, these uh, I call them people. Uh, they're not animals. You know, these guys uh, look like people, even though they were monsters. Uh, I mean, they treated me with respect. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, that's what people are supposed to do to people. And, uh, you know, I totally believe, man, uh, I got a heart of gold. And I got great intentions, and I went with the forest. And I just love the forest, man. And... And I think they uh, read that to me, and uh, I don't think you know animals. Uh, they can't uh, do stuff like that, and uh, you know animals can't uh, build uh, structures and uh, leave gifts and rock like and uh, and some of the other uh, the other stuff we might talk about later. Uh, animals can't do this stuff, and and these guys I've seen that night. Uh, you know, they, they weren't animals. Uh, I mean, uh, the Indian dude, I mean, he, he looked like a peaceful old man. Uh, I didn't have any fear at all, man. He was looking at me uh, with gentle, loving eyes, and, and their eyes wasn't red, green, whatever. They were black, and they were like big puppy dog eyes. And a black one, the same thing. 
he was just looking at me uh, like in a curious way, you know, like, hey, we've been wanting to uh, see one of you people or whatever, and whatever their intentions were that, that evening. And uh, I checked them out. They checked me out. You know, they stood their ground. I stood my ground. And I'm like, well, I'm leaving. So, uh, you know, I don't know how much longer I could have stood there looking at them. Uh, but, let, let me ask you, are, were they proportioned like a human being? Well, well uh, yeah, as far as their anatomy, uh, like I said, I really didn't see them past the uh, chest area. You know, but uh, I could tell they had real long arms, you know, a lot longer than uh, ours. Uh, and uh, the chest you know, on the black one, it, I mean, it, like I said, it looked like King Kong. And his shoulders were probably uh, three and a half, four feet wide. And his shoulders looked like bowling balls. Uh, I mean, yeah, they just looked like... Uh, Big uh, hairy humans uh, with big old muscles and, and uh, almost perfect bodies. Uh, I mean, really good. Uh, uh, you know, like if you compare it with a big weightlifter, you know, you can see their the muscular biceps, the shoulders, uh, the neck. Uh, I mean, you can see the muscles in their necks. Uh, but yet, at the same time, they were, uh, you know, they were people looking. Yeah, you know, they had hands, they had feet just like ours. Um, they had legs. Uh, you know, I, a lot of people ask me if I looked at their, uh, uh, you know, at their, uh, you know, genital area. Uh, no, I didn't look down there. Didn't look at their feet. Yeah, you know, I was more worried about their eyes, you know, reading their eyes, uh, seeing what's going to happen next. So, uh, you know, it wasn't like I was, uh, you know, looking at them. You know, on that perspective, but 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 uh, I, I did look at their faces plenty of good though, and and no, they did not look like animals. And, no, and yes, I think they're tribal people. To answer your question, I understand. I wanted to also ask you, um, with your first encounter, is all of this happening basically in this general general area that you're at there in Indiana? Well, uh, that one there uh, happened. Uh, about 70 miles away, and all my encounters now are happening about 40 miles uh, east of that area. But, but the thing about it, it all runs through the Hoosier National Forest. And, uh, and up at uh, Bloomington, there's a uh, Morgan Monroe, uh, Finding Bigfoot, even to show up there. Uh, uh, that's another real uh, populated uh, area. Uh, with the people, and, and uh, you know, from from what I study on the maps, you know, it's one big area here, so uh, it really doesn't matter the area I go to, but, but uh, I got an area now that, that I've been hitting for the last five years, and, and this is where, where uh, you know, the Curious George, the pictures I sent you, yeah, I've seen him out here in this area, I've seen, uh, a mama and a baby. I sent you that picture. I've seen them out here in this area. And, and uh, that's a rare photo. I mean, that baby's blue. And I, I believe it was a newborn. And you can see in the photo, the mama's reaching down, getting it. And I got zapped, man. I, I fell down to my knees. I almost threw up. Uh, I don't know what was going on when I took them pictures. But as soon as I regained, uh, you know, I was confused. Uh, disorientated uh, you know, I, I never uh, felt this feeling and uh and as i, I left the area uh, you know, i regained all my senses and everything and it's like man what just happened and i knew nothing about uh, stuff like that until uh, later uh in my research days and, and then i started uh, going well, 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 well an animal can't do that uh yeah you know, and then i started seeing more and more and now I'm at the point where uh, where I talked to you on the phone yesterday. You know, I'm seeing orbs. I'm seeing big lights. I'm seeing their eyes glowing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to tell people, man, but uh, animals don't uh, associate uh, with that kind of uh, stuff. 
Yeah, no. and, poor, and, ne- uh, and neither yeah, do and neither do humans. You know exactly, and so it makes you wonder what's going on there. I want to ask you about that, about some of the weird stuff. Did that start um, when you first got into it? You said you thought there were people, and then did it just keep getting weirder and weirder, or did all of this stuff kind of all start from the beginning, as far as seeing lights and? No, no, no. I had no. The, the, the light stuff uh, just started uh, within the last couple of years. You know, I always uh, thought they were um, you trying to find a different theories and stuff. The Nanathal man, and uh, you know, I read up a, a lot of uh, books about him going down to Africa, stealing linen, you know, taking them back up north. And uh, I thought that might have been some kind of spinoff between that. And then I looked at the religious aspect of it, you know, where a lot of. Uh, you know, chapters and verses in the Bible speak of uh, 200 angels coming down to earth to uh, help mankind make decisions, not physically help them, but mentally, as it was a trying time here on earth, and uh, God knew we needed their help. So, unfortunately, 180 of these angels, which is where you got the term fallen angel, you know, so started having uh, sex and whatnot with human women, and Scripture says God was so furious, he damned these offspring to be a big hairy beast. So as I started looking into that theory, I mean, it's just real baffling. And uh, and now what do you think? Here. And now what do you think, Greg? After all these years, and and I want to get into seeing the lights and different stuff like that. But now what do you think? What do you think that these things are? Yeah, well. well, well uh, you know, not to sound crazy or whatever, but uh, like I say, I, I'm a man of truth, and I speak from my experiences and what I see, and from what I have experienced and seen. It, it, uh, I'm not gonna uh, brush the subject or uh, it, it, you know uh, tell you bits and pieces of it. I'll tell you the whole thing. Yeah, you know, I think there are interdimensional creatures, beings, people that come from another planet and they come to earth through portals and there has been too many UFO Bigfoot uh, stories uh, and encounters. Uh, I just talked to a 70-year-old farmer up in my hotspot. There was a wedding up there a couple months ago and he seen my Bigfoot stickers and this was an old 70-year-old farmer, you know, a heartland of America here in Indiana. He calls me over and he goes, he goes, hey, can I tell you something? Uh, I believe in them things. He goes, my my former uh, neighbor and buddy, a lifelong, uh, you know, pal's been next door neighbors forever. He goes, you know what he, you know what he's seen out in the field the other week? I go, a Bigfoot. And he goes, well, there's more to it than that. He's seen a UFO come over his field. A beam of light come out of it, and he said a Bigfoot come out of the beam of light and got in his cornfield and started walking away. Him and his wife were standing there at the door watching the whole thing. He goes, he goes, buddy, this guy is a God-fearing, religious, good old farmer that would not come up with a story like this to impress me or my wife. We're the only ones he told it to. He goes, and I'm just telling you, because uh, you look like a pretty uh, legitimate uh, dude that's into these things. And he goes, that's all, and he walks off. So, so I mean, uh, my buddy, uh, John Gregory and Eugene, we all heard the story. So, so I got like, see, see? I got there's something more to it, guys. There's something more to it. So, so, so anyway, um, yeah, uh, yeah, and then after I, uh, I told you about the encounter, you know, with the real, real big, bright locomotive light and the multiple uh, uh, people, uh, I'm totally convinced now um, there's so much more going on. Yeah, I mean, do they come uh, from UFOs? Do they come through portals? It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I got to see this for myself, but I think I'm getting really close to seeing it because of two encounters I'm going to tell you about here in a minute. Uh, that blew uh, me and the people with me away, and we still can't figure out this one. So if you'd like to hear it, uh, I'd get into that one. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. 
Yeah, since we're on, uh, you know, the subject, you know, anyway, this was a, a cold March, uh, windy, rainy night. Me, John Gregory, and Eugene were driving around the park uh, early Saturday morning. I'm showing John the whole way out of the forest. I mean, it's a huge forest. And this one road is a very uh, less-traveled, a one-way road, at least to a dead-end lake. And there was a big tree uh, fall over it. You know, so we get out of my Jeep and everything, and we're checking it out. Yeah, and just like a good detective, you know, to be a good uh, researcher, man, you, sometimes you got to live on your hunches. So I said, guess what, guys? Uh, uh, I think the biggies uh, see this log is big tree over the road because they don't want nobody coming up here. I said, guess what? We're going to come up here tonight, and we're going to find out what's going on. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to uh, say, yeah, we come back about uh, you know, 10, 11 o'clock, or getting close to midnight. You know, we was only camped about a mile away. And uh, we walk up this hill, and I park my Jeep. You know, I, turn it, uh, I turn it around. And like I said, it's a one-way uh, road there. Yeah, it was real dark, real scary. Uh, I mean, windy, out rainy, and I'm sure nobody would have been coming up anyway. But I turned it around anyway because there was a hairpin turn about 50 feet, you know, going down the other way. So uh, we get out and we walk up the hill and, uh, you know, we do some walking, man, probably walked a half a mile or so. And it was like a 150-foot, you know, 200-foot, uh, pretty steep incline hill. You know, and you can see my Jeep pretty good from the bottom when we got up there. So... Uh, Anyway, uh, you know, we meddled around up there for a while, and you know, not much happening. Yeah, I, I think I did a I did a holler, a couple tree knocks, and uh, there just wasn't nothing going on. Yeah, uh, so we thought. So on the way back, yeah, we get up at the top of the hill I just told you about, and down there where my jeep's parked, uh, right there by the the fallen tree, and. Uh, yeah, you know, I was the first one to see it, and I looked down there. There was a bunch of uh, amber lights. I mean, a bunch of them. And, and uh, I'm like, hey, look down there, y'all. It looks like a village. And, and what I mean by a village, some of them are short, some of them are medium size, some of them are really, really tall, and all different. You know, they were all spread out around my Jeep, uh, spread out. Uh, as I started counting them, man, I probably counted 15 of them. And then I t- yeah, at the same time, I'm telling John Gregory and Eugene, I'm like, hey, man, I said, they're Bigfoots. And, and every one of their eyes were glowing. Uh, you know, that's way I can describe it, you know, them old uh, orange, uh, yellowish candles that my mom and dad, you know, the bigger bulb they always had in the windows for Christmas. And, and uh you know, it wasn't put off, uh, you know, like a flashlight beam or anything. They were just glowing. And, and around my Jeep, you know, I mean, especially right in the back of it, there was a real tall one. And then, then there was a pair of uh, two and two smaller ones down there, like by my bumper. Then on the side, some of them are like even with uh, the top of my Jeep. And the back of them, two of them are like three or four feet over my Jeep. So, so, and they wasn't scared or nothing, man. They were looking up at us, wasn't running. And we were still walking down the hill. Yeah, I mean, we were getting real close, so probably within 40 feet. And uh, Eugene seen them, John Gregory seen them. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, man, uh, John Gregory yells out, here comes a car. And it was a big, bright light. It looked like a, a locomotive light. And it wasn't two lights. It was just one big, bright one. So, so um, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh, man, it's probably a drunk load of uh, teenagers, man. You're going to whip around at 90 and I'm smashing into my Jeep. So, so I shine my spotlight over my Jeep but down to the, uh, to the 90 to let them know, yeah, hey, I'm parked there. And at the same time I'm doing this, all these yellow lights, you know, yellow orange lights, they're all running off to the left over in the direction of this big light. So, 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 so then, so then uh, 
Gigi, my son, he goes, hey, that's no car. You know, that's going through the ravine. And it was flowing through the ravine, going right through trees. But like, if you see a car light and you see trees in front of it you know, as it's coming, you know, this thing was like going right through the trees. And it was over a 300-foot ravine. And like I said, it, it was bright as a locomotive light. I mean, just huge, bright white light. And it comes over to the left, and it wasn't nowhere close to the road. Like I said, it was over there over the ravine, and it goes totally dark. And we see all the uh, all the lights, man, uh, the eyes, man, and they're running to it. So, so we're standing there. We're down there by my Jeep now, and five feet over to the left, we hear a wow, uh, a real big bipedal creature uh, walking. So, so John Gregory's looking at me, and he's like, his eyes are all lit up, and I'm like, yeah, man. I go, he's right there, dude, like five feet from us. And Eugene's going, Dad, is your Jeep going to start? Is it going to start? Yeah, because uh, they zapped us before. Uh, I mean, a brand-new uh, Sears Die Hard, man, draining. Uh, another thing an animal can do. So, so I said, don't worry about it, Eugene. I go, I go, we're fine. Keep cool. So um, Eugene looked, he goes, look, Dad. And down there at the 90, uh, there was two real big ones down there. He seen the yellow eyes uh, down there at the 90 uh, looking up at us. So, so I, I'm like, yeah, man. I go, there's two more. And he looked over to the right. He's like, look, Dad, there's more over there. So, so uh, there was like two or three over to the right uh, peeking around. You could see their yellow uh, eyes again. Yeah, I got quiet, man. Uh, everything went away. And and uh, I think everybody was pretty freaked out, man. So we got in the Jeep and went back to camp. And, and when we pulled up to camp, you know, John always uh, keeps a light on in his tent. And over in the dome tent. It, you know, and I'm talking to uh, Eugene, you know, I'm talking to Eugene, uh, or John Gregory, and Eugene's sitting in the back. So, so uh, Eugene, all of a sudden, he goes, look, look, behind John's tent. And uh, we didn't see it, but uh, there was a big, uh, big black, massive figure uh, standing right behind the tent as we pulled in from this uh, counter up there on the hill. Uh, which I later uh, named UFO Mountain because uh, approximately a month later, me, Eugene, his girlfriend, Tanya, and another guy went out again with the same thing, man. We tried to recreate the scenario Saturday night after midnight, total darkness, uh, nobody out in the whole forest but us, turned my Jeep around, same place. And I took my brother, man, and, and he's still kind of on the fence. Uh, I mean, he believes me in all my encounters, but, but he's a nuts and bolts guy. He, you know, he goes, hey, if it's out there, I want to see it. He goes, I don't want to ever see nothing. I go, well, first of all, man, you, you got to start believing in them. I go, it's all about heart and soul, bro. So, so anyway, we're out there, and we do the same thing, go up the hill, hang out for a while. So, so we, we walk back down to my Jeep and, and my brother, and he goes, he goes, yeah, Greg, well, what is it? Man? How come I never see nothing like you? And then all of a sudden uh, he looks up and he goes, Hey, here comes a car. And there's two big bright lights. So, so again, I'm like, well, well wait a minute, wait a minute. No motor, no tire sounds. Uh, I go, it's silent. And again, it took the same path as we've seen the, the locomotive light, uh, you know, weeks uh, previous to that. You know, the same direction that come up the road into the ravine. But this time it was two of them, two big old bright lights. And they were parallel to each other, but they looked like car lights, but a uh, way extremely brighter. So, 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 uh, the art's freaking out. Oh, man, well, what is it? What is it? Yeah, Tanya's seen it. Eugene's seen it. Yeah, like I said, we all thought it was a car. It was not a car. And it was almost identical 
scenario uh, of the encounter with all the uh, forest giants and the brighter one we've seen. So, so anyway, you know, uh, you know, everybody said, you know, we have more adventures that we didn't see any forest giants, just the light. So we go, well, let's walk down there, man, and let's see what's going on. So, so, so we walked down to where the 90s at. And, you know, it was real eerie, man, real creepy. You know, I could feel something, but but we didn't see the didn't see the light no more. Didn't hear nothing. So we went ahead and uh, uh, you know called it quits for you know up around uh, you know, like I said UFO Mountain. After that, that's what we named it. And uh, and when we honestly feel uh, this entity we're seeing can be either three things. It, it could be a, a portal coming in and opening up. It could be a, it's definitely a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object because it's flying. I don't know what it is. So I think it fits that category. Or it, it, it could be the supreme being force giant arriving uh, as they do travel in spiritual energy as in orbs and bright lights. I don't know if they're that bright as well as take the physical presence as a, a physical, what people call Bigfoot or Sasquatch, along with other shapes of animals, they could also take, uh, uh, I got more evidence of this also. Uh, yeah, I've had two of them that were little raggly, scraggly cats uh, outside of camp. It just, you know, that's another old story in itself. But uh, they were not cats. So, um, and then later on that night, after that incident, uh, I'll tell you about, uh, right behind the tent, uh, Eugene wakes me up and says, Hey, Dad, uh, there's two horse giants behind the tent grunting like pigs. And I'm like, What? And they was out there, <laughs> you know, walking around. And I'm like, Oh, well, let them be, man. Uh, I'm tired, you know, like no big deal. And uh, yeah, that's what kind of encounters we're having out there now like that. I want to ask you, so if you think that there I know you had mentioned people there, but everything you describe as far as what they can do is, is not people-like. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I guess it gets down to what is Sasquatch. I don't know that anyone really can answer that question, but I'm always curious when people talk – um, like you do, you know, saying they're forest people, and but yet they don't really do anything that's people-like. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, to an extent, I agree with that, uh, Wes. But but what I mean by people, uh, I mean they can still be people from another realm, uh, dimension, galaxy, or whatever you want to put it. But but at the same time, they're still godly people. Uh, I think they have been created by the same creator that has created us. And uh, and what makes you, what makes you say that? Just out of curiosity. Well, uh, believe it or not, uh, I got it on audio. Uh, I got them talking on audio. Uh, yeah, I can send this to you later. Uh, but uh, this is a uh, hundred feet back on my gifting stuff where I get them. First time I ever used it, last time I ever used it, I put an auto recorder underneath some leaves. And I put a turkey feather over it about 20 feet from the stump. So I'm telling uh, my brother, a friend, and Eugene, and we went out there. I've had a bunch of donuts, uh, you know, stuff like that, pastries. And I said, look, you know, I'm going to try this, you know, first time ever. You know, maybe I can get a, you know, some kind of noise or wood knock. Hey, you know, who knows? And, you know, I wasn't putting too much faith in it. And, and, um, and lo and behold, when I got home, I left it out there from about 11 o'clock Saturday morning. And we retrieved it 7 o'clock in the morning, Sunday morning. And you would not believe what I got. I mean, it's some of the most uh, epic stuff. I mean, nonstop. From, I mean, from the minute we're walking out, he, he, my uh, my brother Art, I was just telling you about earlier. He goes, he goes, hey, it is beautiful out here, Greg, and I, you know it really is. Or uh, I go, I'm so squatchy, 
and yeah, you can hear us walking away, and this is right off the bat, and you hear a, <clears throat> you know, we're right here on tape. So, so anyway, what I'm going to tell you about uh, that uh, that was shocking is it has shocked us uh, uh, since last October when I got it, and I have uh, took this to religious uh, preachers, reverends. Uh, it has a very good biblical meaning. So why I can prove they're godly creatures. Okay, first of all, I'll get right to the point of the uh, of what I just said. Uh, one walks up, you can hear him walk up. He's either beating on the recorder or he's tapping on the, uh, the stainless steel ball I had my donuts in. And, and you can hear him five times. It goes like this. And then right after that, you hear a, and then a couple seconds later, you hear more footsteps come up. And in an English, uh, like a British accent, he says, Yellow? What is that? And there's a moment of silence, and he goes, and then you hear one walk off. He rips a branch off a tree and does a tree knock. Yeah, you know, like I said, I can send you this audio, us. But this thing, right after the one speaks, uh, what we call forest giant talk, where we hear mumbling all the time. It sounds like mumble, and uh, but we never heard it like this right on the tape. And then right after that, uh, the one comes up and you know with uh, what. So my point is, Yahweh, Yehwal, the Hebrews pray to him as God. The Cherokee Indian nation prays to him. Him and God is one. And for these to have Yahweh in their vocabulary, that is 100% proof that these are godly creatures. And the thing about that take, that I talked to with a preacher about this. Okay, as he walks up, he says, Yahweh, okay, uh, you know, what is it? And it's real fast, it's real unhuman sounding, but but it's it's really wild. So, so uh, what is he saying? Is he walking up? Is that Yehwal standing there? As he says, Yehwal, what is that? Or is it like us humans when we say, oh, God, what is that? And then right after when he says, what is that? I told you there was a brief silence. Well, I think the other one was like going, Shh, you know, like a human to do. Shh. Yeah, this is a recorder. They had recorded this. And then he was smart enough to hide that right part of the tape, the audio, he put that on a safe section that was uh, like, uh, it had like 12, you know, a different date on it. It wasn't that October date, and, and that's how they can manipulate equipment. He did not want us to hear that, and, and uh, Eugene's the one who discovered it on the tape. This is a brand new uh, audio recorder that Charlie Raymond gave me. It is totally free of anything. He told me it was a top research legend in Kentucky that passed away, and he wanted to uh, you know, keep the tradition going with it, and he gave it to me. And uh, you know, he assured me there was nothing on here. So so, uh, so, so that's why I'm 100% sure that, that they manipulated the tape and put that uh, on, on a different section of it. And, and then the tape goes back to the other one walking off, but, but uh, you know, all during this audio, I mean, you can hear him eating the donuts. Uh, but back there grubbing out, uh, there's tree knock, screams, uh, hollers all through the night. And, and uh, you know, I got it all on this uh, 21 hours plus of video. But the main thing is the Yahweh. Yeah, would you send that to me? I, I'd love to listen to it. Greg, I'm, I'm fascinated, and I want to listen to it. I wanted to ask you, though, could it be possible 
at being a researcher that it's what they call audio pareidolia. And what I mean by that is like um, on the Sierra Sounds, if you listen to the Sierra Sounds, I had Ron Moorhead and Scott Nelson on. The show was entitled Sasquatch Language. Uh, but as we were talking, you know, the, if you listen to the Sierra Sounds, you can go, okay, he's saying this. I mean, even I'll listen to it and I'll tell you what I think they're saying. And it's very close. But is it really what they're saying, I guess, is my my question. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is a good point. Is it really what they're saying? But, but uh, how many people's recorded one speaking English? I uh, mean, you know, I think that's pretty cut and dry. I mean, it sounds very proper, too. And I can assure you, uh, this, you know, there wasn't no humans back there. Yeah, we were the, uh, basically the only ones in the campground. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was right after the other one speaking to London, and we couldn't figure out what he was saying. But uh, you, you can sure understand uh, uh, the AWOL part. So, I mean, yeah, yeah you got me. Uh, I mean, uh, what else could it mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And I was just curious to see what you thought. Well, you'll have to, um, We yeah, please, please send me that audio. Um, and, and please be careful while you're out there, you know, Greg, I, it's, I know you've gotten, you've been doing this for a long time, way longer than I have. And you uh, just be careful, would you, when you're out there, you know what I mean? Always keep that guard up just in case, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would do to a lot of pressure from uh, my friends and Eugene and my ex-wife and everybody. Uh, yeah, yeah, they tell me I'm going out there alone and. Yeah, I guess it makes good sense. You know, I am, uh, yeah, I'll be 59 uh, next week, so I ain't no spring chicken. You know, if I fell down or got hurt, you know, oh, God, who knows? So, so I, I'll make sure I always go out with somebody now. Well, and, and you have to keep me up to date on what's going on. I know there's so much more we could go into, and I don't want to keep you for the evening, but um, I really appreciate what you shared, Greg. I'd love to have you back on the show. Will you come back? Oh, yeah, uh, I'd love to. Uh, I mean, there's still a lot uh, I would like to cover. You know, I didn't even get to, get to tell you about Curious George or uh, some of my other better ones. So, yeah, I'd be glad to come back, buddy. I mean, uh, I'd like to get the truth out. Yeah, no, I'd love to have you back. And I'll post some of these pictures. You have some pretty good pictures here, too, as well. And then uh, the audio, too, as well. But, Greg, thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I had a good time with us. Uh, anytime, buddy. Thanks, Craig. And that's it for tonight, everyone. Remember, if you've had an encounter, shoot me an email. My email address is wes at sasquatchchronicles.com. Until next time, everyone.